the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I wanted to update you on a story that I shared with you yesterday that was extremely troublesome to me yesterday when I brought it to you. Uh, And I framed it as I knew it then, which is just basically on the facts of the case, which is that there's a Jewish university uh, in New York called Yeshiva University. It is an Orthodox Jewish college. And the Alphabet Mafia, the LGBTQIA group on campus wanted to organize and be formally recognized by the school. And the school said no because an LGBTQ lifestyle is not something that is upheld by the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. So the LGBTQ organization sued Yeshiva to force them to recognize their group. And Yeshiva said, no, we don't have to do that. We are an authentic Jewish university. This is against our religious beliefs. So they took it to a New York court, and they lost. Of course they did. New York stinks of liberals. And it went to the Supreme Court in an emergency appeal. And I told you that John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh joined with Sotomayor, Kagan, and Katanji Brown-Jackson in ruling against Yeshiva. And so I partnered this with the recent ruling in uh, Missouri, which has forced the College of the Ozarks, until hopefully another court intervenes, to allow transgender women, biological men, to live in girls' dorms. College of the Ozarks Christian University. They believe in dormitories being segregated by sex. They don't want men in women's dorms. They don't want men pretending to be women in women's dorms. But they lost at the court level. And I said, this is religious liberty's dead if this kind of perversion of religious liberty is upheld by the court. Well, here's the good news. There may be a reason why Roberts and Kavanaugh joined with the wacko libs on the court, in this yeshiva case. And the reason is because yeshiva did not go through the proper appellate steps with all the different courts that it could have gone to in advance of going to the Supreme Court. Another reason that this could have happened the way it happened is because yeshiva, while it is a Orthodox Jewish university, it is incorporated as a secular institution so that it can receive state funding. So that it can receive state funding. Okay? So they might have them on a technicality there. 
Um, in fact, Yeshiva's own charter says that it operates, quote, exclusively for educational purposes, not for religious training. So the real hope is that Roberts and Kavanaugh do not want to set a precedent that anything pertaining to religious liberty gets expedited to the Supreme Court without going through all the lower court channels. Because, look, there's nine people on the court. If every, particularly with the Biden administration, assaulting Title IX and assaulting religious liberty, if the Supreme Court is going to take every case that is an assault on religious liberty on an emergency basis, they'll be inundated with cases on an emergency basis. And they want their docket to be not that cumbersome. They want it to be cases they select, cases that have gone through the process. So I can see where this might be something that was not as nefarious as I originally thought, because after all, federal law says the Supreme Court can only stay, reverse, the final judgment of a state's highest court. Yeshiva did not go to the New York Supreme Court. They tried an end run around the Supreme Court. And in fact, the opinion from the majority justices in the case, in it, Kavanaugh and Roberts made the point that if the university would go back through the proper channels and fail again at those channels, they could return to the Supreme Court with another request for the ruling to be changed. So I have hope. Well, I have hope for Kavanaugh that he's not the, he's not a dirty double crosser. I long since gave up hope that Roberts is not a dirty double crosser. Now, this story came to me from uh, a friend of the show named Elaine. Thank you, Elaine. She sent me a link to a story on Breitbart.com. And I have kept my eye on this story, and I wondered what happened to it. And this is an update, and it's a troubling update. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine today about why do the uh, people in the Biden administration push back so hard against contentions that the 2020 election was messed with? And one plausible reason is because if you play defense on people alleging that there was funny business in the 2020 election, if there was actual funny business in the 2020 election, and I believe there was, a way to keep it from being discovered is to not is to immediately demonize, marginalize, and if they can, criminalize people who make that allegation. And we know that HB1 was their first thing that they tried to ram through in the early days of the Biden administration, which is a federal takeover of elections. They don't want Secretary of States like Frank LaRose here in Ohio, to determine how elections are conducted in states. They want to federalize elections. They want to make the rules. Which, what rules will they make? <laughs> Massive mail-in balloting. No IDs. Pretty much, you know, it's like Chicago under Mayor Daley voting. Vote early, vote often, vote Democrat. So there's been an effort by conservative media ever since this was proposed by the Biden administration, to find out what efforts the Biden administration is going through to uh, flesh out what is kind of uh, camouflaged as 
Executive Order 14019, promoting access to voting. Wow, that always seems completely innocuous, right? We're just promoting access to voting. Well, Executive Order 14019 largely remains a secret from those who are trying to find out what the Biden administration is doing. The Foundation for Government Accountability filed a Freedom of Information Act request for documents about this plan last year, which the Department of Justice has refused to comply with. But last Thursday, a federal court told them, well, you got to reply to it at some point in time because your response, all FOIA requests are supposed to be handled in a timely manner. And it shouldn't take a year for you to disclose something that's already written down just because you don't want to disclose it. So what are they up to? Well, a few details have have leaked out. They're still keeping most of it secret. The most nefarious possibility is that on July 12th, there was a meeting at the Justice Department with a group of outside activists working on voting rights. The meeting included dozens of people. Where were the people from, Bruce? Oh, 10 of them were from. Tell me if you sound like. Tell me if this inspires a lot of confidence in our upcoming midterm elections. Ten of the people at the meeting were from the American Civil Liberties Union. Five were from the Campaign Legal Center. Three were Democrats. Three were from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, brother. Five from the Leadership Conference on Civil Rights, and two were from Black Lives Matter. Wow, I'm sure that there will be no possible nefarious election activity with those people committed to voting rights and voting access and free and fair elections. So I am more convinced by the day that the reason why Democrats don't want to disclose what their plans are, whether when they put them under the uh, umbrella of, oh, it's just voting rights. It's just uh, we're, we're, we're increasing awareness. That's what we're doing. Uh, these are not noble efforts. Uh, Despite the fact that, you know, what was it, a week ago? Joe Biden stood outside Independence Hall, where our nation was founded, and told us that there's an attack on the Constitution, an attack on democracy. And uh, that was one of the few times Biden was not lying, except he was talking about himself. Well, if you go shopping at Kroger for your groceries and you have a question, where can I find this? Where can I find that? Uh, It may be getting a little bit harder. It may soon get a little bit harder to find someone who can tell you where that this or that is because uh, union members at Kroger stores in Columbus and Central Ohio have overwhelmingly rejected the company's best and final offer. The vote was 55% against the offer, 45% for The offer, and then they took a strike vote, and 81% of employees said yes to striking. So uh, I use the uh, express checkout lanes, the self checkout lanes, and uh, I would assume that Kroger's will Kroger will remain open if they do in fact go on strike. They are not on strike right now, but uh, there's an increasing hostility, it seems between labor and management, because, well, thank you, Biden administration. When your contract is coming due in an era where food costs are up, 
was it 17% or 11%? Let's take best case scenario, 11%. Um, Steve Moore, the uh, financial analyst that is on Fox periodically, had an interesting comment on this today about um, what the inflation rate really is. We hear 8%, right? And th- and then they'll run a graphic. Inflation is 8.3%. And then they'll run a graphic. And eggs are up 40%. And coffee's up 17%. And gas is up like 25%. And everything's up in excess of 8%. And I'm always wondering, like, how is inflation up only 8% if everything it contributes to it is up more than 8%? They're using that same math at the Columbus City Schools. One oh, plus one is two. There you go. Yes. They're Fuzzy using, math. They're using that uh, math that gets you a one-star graduation rate and a one-star literacy rate. Uh, here's Steve Moore on Fox talking about inflation. For the White House to say that, gee, they're doing everything they can to fight inflation is sort of like Al Capone saying, where did all the crime come from? I mean, this we've said this week after week. The reason that we have this out-of-control inflation that's so, been so persistent now, and by the way, people on the street, in Main Street America, think that inflation is a lot worse than 8.5%. People come up to me and they say they think it's 15 or 20% because of the essentials that people have to buy, like groceries go up so much. But the point is... I'm going to give you this one number, Bill, $4 trillion, four with 12 zeros. That's how much money, extra money, Biden has spent and borrowed and printed in terms of money. And that obviously is going to cause inflation. you got to have, the Fed does have to take action, but we need action in Congress to cut back on this massive multi-trillions of dollars of debt and spending. Yeah, that would be nice. But the problem is, uh, even if the Republicans win the House and they have the power of the purse, Biden just spends it by executive order or he spends it by reconciliation or he finds ways around it. So uh, Kroger workers not happy with their contract. Now, uh, I said yesterday I'm not happy with Lindsey Graham for putting out his 15 week abortion proposal. I think it's stupid politically and I will not concede that it's okay to murder a child in the womb up to 15 weeks. Why will I not concede that? Because here's a few little-known facts about babies at 15 weeks. They can feel pain. Their heart has already beaten 16 million times when they're 15 weeks old. All their major organs are formed and functional. Their skeleton is fully formed. Their limbs are formed and moving. They respond to touch. They can swallow. They can taste. Breathing begins. They can see. Their eyes are sealed shut, but they have the capacity to uh, process light. And their ears are fully formed and can hear. Now, what do you call something that can swallow, that can see, that can that can uh, feel pain, that has arms, legs, ears, and they move? You call that a person. That's what you call that. And that is why I will not agree with Lindsey Graham and his stupid 15-week abortion proposal as a way to defend unborn life. Disastrous. Disastrous in policy, disastrous in timing, disastrous in content. Lindsey Graham, he's part of the problem in Washington, D.C. Term limits. Term limits, please. I think we should limit senators to two terms. I think we should limit Congress people to... Seven terms, 14 years, we'd be way better off if so. What about people who want to be congressmen and then senators? I would say you cannot run for Senate if you serve more than three terms in the Congress. 
because I don't think anybody should serve in federal government more than 20 years. We'd be way better off. Now, that's my proposal for change. Um, At Ohio State, the students are uh, much more concerned currently with the shooting death of Donovan Lewis in Columbus. And they're very upset. Student organizers, or as they prefer to be labeled, just students who care. They're very upset that the university has not weighed in yet with a statement on the shooting death of Donovan Lewis by Columbus police. Um, this is being spearheaded by the, check this, check this college out at Ohio State, the Center for Belonging and Social Change. The Center for Belonging and Social Change. Uh, they have 2,618 Twitter followers. 2,618. I have about nine times that many. So not too many people have fallen into this woke rabbit hole, the Center for Belonging and Social Change. Senate Student Senate leader Yondris Ferguson said the silence on the death of Donovan Lewis makes the students feel unheard. Let me assure you, Yondris, it's not that you're unheard. It's that the university really doesn't have a dog in this fight, okay? Donovan Lewis was not shot on campus. Donovan Lewis was not an Ohio State student. Uh, Yandra says the lack of the university statement on this makes us feel like our time here is useless and the student and the university does not value their students. Maybe they're just expecting you to go to school and get an education, Yandra. Maybe that's what it is. Okay? Okay? What's his field of study? Uh, <laughs> probably in uh, the Center for Ethnic Studies, probably. Uh, OSU's Director of Ethnic Studies, Dr. Namiko Kunimoto. Uh, says uh, that she agrees with this, as does the OSU program director in the Asian American Studies Department, Dr. Pranav Jani. We need to get the administration to say something about Donovan Lewis and to actually then do something about this problem of racism and policing. Um, Stay in your lane, Johnny. Stay in your lane, please. What possibly could Ohio State do about this? Does Ohio State want, does Christina Johnson want to get up in the middle of the night and go out and serve warrants with Columbus police? I think not. I think not. Of course, now they can't go out in the middle of the night and serve warrants because Elaine Bryan has responded to the inmates running the asylum and said, no, we can't serve warrants in the middle of the night anymore because serving warrants in the middle of the night might lead to an interaction between the actual criminal and Columbus police. And it might result in, you know, the person who we're serving the warrant on actually being arrested or failing to comply with officers who bang on his door for 10 minutes and then unleash a police dog in the house to bark a few more minutes and he still doesn't come out. So that's what they're concerned about at Ohio State. Aren't you glad your tax dollars are uh, paying for the Center for Belonging and Social Change? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.